I would like to call your attention this morning to the chapter that we have just read together <clears throat> in the prophecies of Isaiah and the first chapter. The prophecies of Isaiah chapter 1 and we might read again from verse Mark 16. The 16th verse, wash you, make you clean, put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes, cease to do evil, learn to do well, seek judgment, relieve the oppressed, judge the fatherless, plead for the widow, come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow, though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If uh, ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. But uh, if ye refuse and rebel, ye shall be devoured with a sword, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. Now we can see from these words that uh, uh, Judah had uh, sinned very greatly and uh, very grievously. And uh, the nature of their sin is uh, outlined here uh, by the prophet. Uh, they have uh, rebelled against God and uh, they have turned their backs upon him. And uh, uh, the prophet is uh, calling them in verse 16, wash you, make you clean, uh, put away the evil of your doings. And so the prophet is uh, calling the people uh, to repentance and uh, to uh, uh, faith and uh, trust in God and to, to renewed obedience. And uh, in uh, these words uh, we have uh, the gospel according to Isaiah. And uh, he is just stating the good news of uh, the gospel of the grace of God. And of course uh, when God comes to us with good news he prefaces the good news with a demand for a return to himself and uh, God demands us he demands of us that uh, we uh, wash ourselves and make ourselves clean and uh, we are to put away the evil of our doings from before the eye of God and uh, every gospel sermon requires that uh, we put into practice and exercise that uh, repentance that uh, God requires of us. And repentance is just uh, simply turning away from our former ways of sin and ungodliness and uh, returning to the ways of righteousness and goodness. And that's just simply what uh, Isaiah is calling upon these uh, people in ancient times to do. They are to put away their sin and uh, they are to come to God with uh, sorrow in their hearts and uh, with tears in their eyes and uh, with vows and resolutions never to return to sinful ways and practices anymore. And this is just simply what the gospel requires. The gospel requires of us that we turn away from uh, 
from uh, our sinful ways. We are to make our ways clean and pure. We are to wash and make ourselves clean and put away the evil of our doings. The uh, figure is that of the person who is walking in the wrong direction and who is advised by a counsellor to to return and retrace his footsteps because he is going in the wrong direction. And how often we find in the Old Testament the prophets calling upon the people, return, return. And uh, the gospel is the same today. It's the same call today, return, return to the Lord. Now then there are two opposite things in the text. There is the sinfulness of the people, uh, for example, and uh, there is the holiness of God, the righteousness of God, and there is the sinfulness of the people. And uh, so we see the nature of our sin. It is a... It is a rebelling against God, as the prophet says in verse 2. I have nourished and brought up children, and uh, they have rebelled against me. The nature of our sin is explained here in our text as being rebellion against God. Rebellion against God. This is the sin of our nature, and it is the nature of our sin to rebel against God. And every one of us born in this world are born rebels. We all want to do our own thing. We all want to go our own way. We all want to please ourselves. But the word of God and God in his word uh, calls us to forsake our own way. Because our own way invariably and inevitably is the way of sin and the way of death. And therefore the Lord in his great mercy is calling upon sinners everywhere to return. To turn around. Epistrepho. To turn around and to retrace our footsteps. To turn around. We're walking away from God. We've turned our back upon God. And we're walking away from God. And God is saying to us, don't turn your back on me. Don't turn your back on me. Doesn't uh, the Lord in the Song of Songs says, Let me see thy face, let me hear thy voice, for thy face is beautiful, and uh, thy voice is sweet. The Lord wants us to turn to him with our whole hearts. He wants us to face him. He wants us to look upon him. And in turning and in looking to him in that moment the Lord makes us beautiful in that moment of turning the Lord makes us beautiful in conversion in regeneration and in conversion and in turning that's what turning means means regeneration it means it means conversion and in that moment of conversion the Lord places upon his people his own beauty, his own righteousness, his own holiness. And in that moment of conversion, the people who once were walking away from God with their back toward God, in that moment of turning, that person is made beautiful. 
in the beauty of the Lord. As the, as the psalmist prayed, and let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us. So we have here the nature of our sin. It is, uh, it is uh, rebellion. It is a defiance of God. It is a turning the back to God and not the face. It's a walking away from God. And, uh, and uh, the Lord is pleading uh, with us and saying to us, Come now, let us reason together. Saith the Lord, Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be uh, as white as wool. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Notwithstanding the depths and the deepness of the dye of your sin, the Lord is calling you today to turn back and away from it. In verse 3, the Lord highlights the, the madness of our sin. Verse 3. The ox knoweth his owner, and the ass his master's crib, but Israel doth not know, my people doth not consider. You see, the Lord is saying even the brute beasts have some understanding about their environment. They have some understanding about who owns them, and about where they live, and where they get their food. Even the brute beasts know these things by instinct. And yet, my people doth not consider. My people don't consider who they are, what they are, where they are, where they're going, what they're doing. My people do not consider. They're just like the brute beasts. They're worse than the brute beasts. Because the brute beasts know who is their master. And they know where they get their food and shelter. But my people don't realize, they don't consider this, that I am the one that provides their food and clothing and their shelter and housing. My people don't understand. They're worse than the brute beasts. Now it's not me that's saying that, it's God that's saying that, as you can see from this third verse. It is God that's saying, the nature of our sin is this awfulness, this awful ignorance, ignorance of God. And then he goes on to describe their sin even further in verse 6. From the sole of the foot, even unto the head, there is no soundness in it, but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. They have not been closed, neither bound up, neither mollified with ointment. Yes. This is the nature of our sin, full of wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. They will revolt more and more in verse 4. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger and they're gone away backward. Ah, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors. They have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger. They're gone away backward. Gone away backward from following the Lord. And that's how it is. People who have been brought up in the church, people who have been born of godly parents, 
and who have forsaken the way of godliness and they have turned their back upon God they're saying as the psalmist says in the second psalm let us asunder break their bands and cast their cords from us oh there is no stopping the departing the backsliding sinner who wants to break the bands of God's common love and provision and cast away the cords of promised grace and mercy why it is the backslider it is the one who is a rebel at heart oh what perverseness we are guilty of we revolt more and more as Jeremiah says in vain have I smitten your children they receive not correction and you know how the writer to the Hebrews tells us despise thou not the chastening of the Lord nor faint when thou art rebuked of him this uh, rebellion against God then leads to total depravity leads to total depravity of our spiritual nature from the sole of the foot even to the head there is no soundness full of wounds and bruises and putrefying souls the head the head the intellect the seat of of the knowledge the head their minds were full of errors concerning God full of lies concerning themselves and that's how the ungodly are they are full of ignorance of God and full of ignorance and concerning themselves their heads are corrupt their minds are full of error and lies calling that which is good evil calling the law of God evil and calling the gospel evil calling the commandments evil calling that which is good evil and calling that which is evil good that's the nature of our perversion our ignorance and defiance and rebellion calling good evil and calling evil good and Peter tells us that in the last times desperate times the last times will be desperate times when uh, they shall be introduced into the Christian church damnable heresies damnable heresies lies that is when, uh, when uh, the preachers of the word of God and the custodians of the gospel will introduce lies and errors into their teaching the whole heart is faint from the sole of the foot even to the head there is no soundness no sound understanding of the law of God no sound understanding of the gospel of God no sound understanding of the person of God no sound understanding of the nature of man his sinfulness as a rebel against God no soundness but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores they have not been closed neither bound up neither mollified with ointment the whole heart and the head is sick verse 5 the whole head is sick and the whole heart is faint what an awful an awfully black picture I say is painting here of us as we are by nature 
of putrefying sores, spiritual diseases and spiritual sicknesses. You know how the psalmist complains of his spiritual diseases. He says in the 38th Psalm that uh, my wounds do stink and are corrupt. My folly makes it so. Yes, and these are wounds and bruises that we have received because of our rebellion against God and because of the corruption that follows upon all such rebellion. And these wounds and bruises cannot be healed by the art of man. There is nothing can heal these wounds and bruises but uh, the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son. When the Spirit leaves our body, we die, and the body putrefies and decomposes. And when sinners forsake God, the fountain of life, the powers of death go to work. And to forsake God is to love death. But then we have the, the uh, prescription of remedy in uh, verse uh, 18. Come now, and let us reason together, saith the Lord, though your sins be as scarlet, no matter how deep the dye of his sin may be, come and let us reason together. So we have here a merciful offer, secondly. And these words show the merciful nature of God, whom we despised and rejected, for while we were yet sinners, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. Yes, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. A demonstration of God's goodwill. Come now and let us reason together. Don't be so brutish as not to come and discuss this with me. I know you have rebelled against me and sinned, sinned, sinned grievously and heinously. Nevertheless, come and discuss it with me. Come and talk to me about it. Oh, the long suffering, the infinite goodness and grace and mercy of the Lord our God. In the midst of our sin and rebellion, in the midst of our corruption and defilement, the Lord is bending and say, bending down to us and saying to us, I know you're in a dreadful state, but come and talk to me about it. Come and talk to me about it. What he's saying is, don't be unreasonable. Even the brute beasts know their masters. And they know where to get food and shelter. Don't be like them. I have made you rational creatures, moral creatures, responsible, accountable creatures. Therefore, come and talk to me about it. Come and talk to me about it. Don't be unreasonable. You can't reason with beasts. Beasts don't reason things out. But you are rational creatures. Come and talk to me about it. As he says by this prophet elsewhere, now is the accepted time. Behold, today is the day of salvation. Yes. I have sent you the word of my grace. I have sent you my son, the eternal Logos. I have sent you the personal word. I have sent you the written word. And I have sent you the spoken word. There are these three aspects of the word of God that is the personal word which is Jesus the eternal 
rationality of God and there is the word that stands written the Logos and there is the word that is preached the Chema the word that is preached the spoken word I what more could I do than I have done complains the Lord come now the Lord says and let us reason together I have given you general revelation of myself in creation and I've given you a special revelation of myself in uh, the word as it stands written and in the Lord Jesus Christ and I've given you a revelation of myself in the preaching of the word the prodigal father has the best robe for his prodigal son and uh, and uh, God has uh, the robe of Jesus' perfect righteousness uh, to offer and to give every returning prodigal. Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. But uh, in uh, this uh, Gospel of Isaiah, as in the Gospel of Christ, there's not only a word of invitation and a word of provision and a word of pardon, but there's also a word of uh, threatening. And we have that in verse, uh, verse 20. But if ye refuse and rebel, ye shall be devoured with the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. And verse 28, And the destruction of the transgressors and of the sinners shall be together, and they that forsake the Lord shall be consumed. Now there's also this terrible judgment of God that we have to reckon with. In the offer of grace and salvation, it, uh, it is an offer of grace and salvation against the background of awful judgment and the terrible consequences of refusing the offers of mercy and grace. God is saying to you, be reasonable. Come and talk to me about it. The fact is, you're a rebel. The fact is, you're a stranger to grace and to God. The fact is, you are corrupt, you are defiled, you are loathsome, you're disgusting. That's the fact of the matter. The whole head is sick. From the sole of the foot to the crown of the head, there's nothing in it but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. That's the fact of the matter concerning you. And if you don't turn, if you don't turn from your evil ways, verse 16, wash you, make you clean, put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes, cease to do evil, learn to do well, seek judgment, relieve the oppressed, judge the fatherless, plead for the... See all these verbs. See all these verbs. You've got to realize that you're a sinner, that you are in need of salvation, that you must turn from your sin with grief and hatred towards God in Christ, and you must listen to the overtures of God's grace in his word. Come now, let us reason together. And you must realize that if you don't turn, 
then God is going to visit you with terrible judgment and nobody will escape. Nobody will escape. And if people persist in their sin and rebellion and on the great day of judgment God will say to all these people I pled with you I besought you I encouraged you I said to you let's be reasonable come and talk to me about it because I sent my son into the world to die for sinners such as you and I have made provision for sinners such as you and uh, you refuse to receive my son you refuse to receive my salvation that is in my son and uh, therefore because you have refused me and rejected me I am now going to refuse you and I am going to reject you because you cast me away I am going to cast you away out of my sight forever into outer darkness there shall be weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth and you're going to suffer that weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth in the face of verse of verse 18 of Isaiah chapter 1 and you will remember that the Lord said to you come now and let us reason together saith the Lord though your sins be as scarlet they shall be as white as snow though they be red like crimson they shall be as wool and you'll remember that the spirit of God from the word of God in the midst of the people of God on the holy day of God by the ministry of the word of God you refused you refused to turn from your evil ways you refused to wash you and to make you clean and you refused to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation so we have the gospel of Isaiah in this first chapter we have the gospel of Christ according to Isaiah in this first chapter of his prophecies we have a description, a character description of, the, of, of, of all the children of men by nature and we have the command of God addressed to all men everywhere in these words of verse 16 wash you, make you clean put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes cease to do evil, learn to do well seek judgment, relieve the oppressed judge the fatherless, plead for the widow and then come now and let us reason together you are to put away your sins you are to do it you are to cease from your evil ways and you are to learn to do well and you are to come to the Lord for pardon and for cleansing and for life and for salvation the Lord places the onus the responsibility fairly and squarely upon, upon you and he will demand of you on the great day of judgment why was it that you never obeyed my voice why did you not hearken and regard why did you not render obedience God is indeed infinite in all his perfections including his love and mercy and grace but he is also infinite in his holiness and righteousness and justice and though hand be joined in hand 
the wicked will not go unpunished. Ah, we say that there is safety in a, in a multitude. We say there is safety in a, in, in, in a multitude. But although we are part of a multitude of sinners and transgressors who have not turned from sin, and though we be hand no hand, be joined in hand, yet uh, the wicked will not go unpunished. No. We are born as individuals, we live as individuals, we die as individuals, we appear before the throne of judgment as individuals, and we will give an account to him of all our thoughts and words. Didn't Jesus say, Men shall give an account on that day of every idle word. Men will give an account of every idle word. Not just simply every sinful word, but every unprofitable word, every foolish, every idle word. Ah, oh, let me remind you from God's word this morning, if you reject God in his mercy, God will reject you in his ju judgment. God will reject you in his judgment. Ah, oh, these are solemn things. These are solemn things. Men are the same today as they were in Isaiah's time. Sin is the same today as it was in Isaiah's time. Rebellion is the same today as it was in Isaiah's time. God is the same today as he was in Isaiah's time. The word of God is the same today as it was in Isaiah's time. The promises of God are the same today as they were in Isaiah's time. The law of God is the same today as it was in Isaiah's time. People live as though there were no God. People live as though there were no heaven to gain and no hell to shun. People are the same today as they were in Isaiah's time. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Mercy and judgment. Those two great things that always uh, always go together in the word of God they always go together as Jesus places them together in the bed of scripture he says he that believeth shall be saved but he that believeth not shall be damned so we have salvation and damnation in the bed of scripture in the same text, in the same word, we have promise, promise of life and salvation, and we have threatening of death and damnation. And any gospel service, say, sermon that doesn't include those two things, is not a gospel service, not a gospel sermon. Our consciences testify to the validity of that truth. Our consciences corroborate the validity of this truth, that, uh, that mercy and judgment go together.
And this is what the psalmist says. I will sing of mercy and of judgment. Take this text home with you then. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as wool. Though they be red like crimson, uh, as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Amen. And may the Lord bless our meditation. Let us pray. We pray that thou wilt have mercy upon us. That thou wilt show us our ignorance. And show us our foolishness. And show us thy glory. And uh, show us thy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And give us grace that we might be reasonable. And come and talk to thee about our sin. Because thou hast dealt with our sins in the Lord Jesus Christ. Thou hast put away our sin. We pray that therefore thou wilt help us to come to thee. To receive thy forgiveness and pardon. Give us that repentance never to be repented of. That godly sorrow that is necessary in order for putting away our sin. And uh, for returning to the Lord our God who will have mercy upon us for Jesus' sake. Sing together in conclusion, Psalm 145, the second version. <clears throat>